inspiration. Turn up the motivation. You're on the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Zig Ziggler wants you to be your best. Welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. Get ready to listen to one of the best sales trainers of all time. If you don't know, Zig started a sales career selling waterless cookware in people's homes. He went from being a very unsuccessful salesman to becoming the number two producer out of a sales force of 7,000. Let's listen to this valuable lesson and apply it to our own particular sales situation. Let's hear what Zig Ziglar has to teach us. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see what I'm really saying? The key to selling more is to uncover the real reason why they are not buying and then discover the underlying reason or what they really want in life and you can sell a lot more. Now, Ms. Funderburg bought for three basic reasons. Number one is the fact that she wanted it very badly. Now, so I got to give myself a little credit. I was listening carefully and looking at her eyeballs. And when something was said about China and she lighted up, I instantly tuned in on exactly what she wanted. And the second, because I had been working in that community for well over a year, she had come to trust me. She knew me before I got there. She trusted me as a person. I believe that's another reason that she bought. And then the third reason was I was courteously persistent in my role as a probing assistant buyer. Now, I'm going to be talking about persistence throughout the series or not throughout of it, but particularly toward the latter stages of it. And I want to make a point here. Had I folded my tent too quickly, the prolonged discussion never would have brought out her need for China. In other words, there's one reason right there why we do not need to throw in the towel at the first sign of resistance. We need, as I will say later, to be pleasant and polite and professional, but persistence is a legitimate approach. Now, realistically, this is a sales point I don't want you to miss. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this is profound. And when I say it is profound, you really want to tune those ears in because it's profound. People buy what they want. When they want it more than they want the money it costs. 
Now that's very simple. But it also is very profound. People buy what they want when they want it more than they want the money which that product costs. And then there's the third reason people don't buy, and we call this the bride clothes. It's the no hurry clothes. Many people basically are procrastinators. I was telling a group yesterday that I'm familiar with a community that uh, wanted to start a procrastinators club, but uh, they decided to wait. Now, there are an awful lot of people, you see, who are in exactly that same category. They want to wait. They want to think about it. They want to meditate on it. They can't uh, make decisions. A lot of people don't make decisions very easily. And if you don't believe that, you watch the average family in a restaurant. You watch even a group of businessmen in a restaurant or businesswomen, how they vacillate in chains and go back and forth. A lot of people just simply are not decision makers. And so when the prospect says they're just not in a hurry. What do you mean I got to buy today? I'm 39 years old. I've lived all of my life without it. Are you not going to close a store, are you? I mean, you're not just passing through town, are you? Why should I buy today? Well, after you have covered a reasonable amount of territory and you're still not making any progress, I discovered many years ago that this little approach was very effective. When the sale was apparently lost, I'd kind of fold my briefcase, fold my hands in it, right, and say, well, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it is best that you wait. Because any time you make a decision to invest in something, it obviously is going to cost you money. And there's always a possibility of loss. I know a couple of things in my life I probably would have been better off had I waited. I know when we got married, had we waited just another 20 years, we could have had a honeymoon to have ended all honeymoons. I know when we started our family, that was a mistake because children cost money. Had we waited just another 15 or 20 years, we could have given those kids everything. I know when we bought our first house, that was probably a mistake because in another 30 or 40 years, we could really have built us a mansion. The problem, Mr. Prospect, with waiting until everything is just right before you do anything is, you might end up like this poem I read. The bride, white of hair, is stooped over her cane. Her footsteps, uncertain, need guiding. While down the opposite church aisle, with a wan, toothless smile, the bridegroom in wheelchair comes riding. Now, who is this elderly couple thus wed? Well, you'll find when you've closely explored it that here is that rare, most conservative pair who waited till they could afford it. <laughs> Mr. Prospect, if we wait until all the lights are on green before we head for town, you're going to spend the rest of your life right here at home. If you wait until everything is exactly right before you make a decision to do anything, then you are never going to own and enjoy the things which really you're entitled to in life. The Chinese put it this way. A journey of a thousand leagues begins with a single step. You and I both know that ownership of this product begins with a decision to own the product. Actually, the only decision you have to make at this moment is whether or not you can handle the first payment. You've already indicated that that's no problem for you. 
Now, since you want it and since you can get it started, can you think of any reason why you should not at this moment treat you and your family as well as you deserve to be treated? Which leads us into the alternate of choice close. If you're in direct sales, you can then simply smile and say, shall I ask the company to ship it immediately? Or would you prefer that we delay shipment for three weeks? If you happen to be working in a retail establishment or a sales service center, you can simply smile and ask, would you like to take it with you or should we send it out? And in simplest term, that is what alternate of choice is. Let him choose between something and something, never between something and nothing. Now, the fourth reason your prospect will not buy from you is because they don't have a desire to own it. Now, this for me is the most difficult of them all. It is beyond my wildest imagination to even begin to be able to understand or comprehend how anybody could even think about considering discussing the possibility of not wanting what I sell. And if you do not feel the same way, I'm going to encourage you to explore carefully why you're selling what you're selling. You see that belief, I'll get into it very deeply later on, but believing in what you're selling is so important if you're going to be successful in the career of selling. If you really are puzzled as to why anybody would not want to buy your product, then you are on the right track. It's hard for me to understand why anybody would not want what I sell. But this leads us into what I call the now or never close Never will I forget, and again, this is another cookware story. I was working in the little community of Elgin, South Carolina, again, just a couple of years after I entered the world of selling. And I demonstrated for a widow one morning. We had what we call a cake and applesauce program. We'd go door to door, and I'd bake a little cake. It only took seven minutes, and I'd cook a little pan of apples to demonstrate what our set of cookware would do. This lady let me in. I demonstrated for her. When I got through, I started to uh, close, and she asked the price, and then, of course, I shared that with her. And when I told her the price, I'll tell you, she just about screamed, Oh, Mr. Ziegler, whoa, that's a lot of money. I mean, she really went into the details. And then she started explaining to me why she could not buy that set of cookware. She said, I'm a widow. She said, I live here by myself. My son lives in that house right there in the front yard. She said, I eat breakfast with him every morning. She said, I have lunch over at the mill. And she said, I don't eat any dinner. She said, the only time I would ever use that set of cookware is on Sunday. And she said, you know, I'm getting close to retirement age and all I'll have is just a few dollars in retirement, a little social security. And she said, I got to save every dime I can get. And she said, that set of cookware is expensive. She had given me every reason known to man why she could not buy that set of cookware. Along about then, you know, my, uh, my spirits were pretty well dragging. Fortunately, I kept the smile on my face because the lady kept talking. She said the most beautiful words I've ever heard. But she said, you know, Mr. Ziegler, all of my life, I've wanted a really nice matched set of cookware. And if I don't get it right now, I'll never get it. She bought. Now, when I talk about the now or never close... I really think in terms of wouldn't it be unfortunate if our belief in what we sell 
was not at least as deep as the belief and desire and conviction of the prospect that we're calling on. You see, that belief is transferred. If we really believe in what we are selling, then we are going to have a much better chance of making that sale. When I think about desire, I want to also tie into here another profound statement for salespeople. Remember in the world of selling that the fear of loss is greater than the desire for gain. Until that morning, I thought I'd believed in what I was selling. But until I encountered a lady who had dreamed of it all of her life, I really did not fully comprehend what belief in a product was. Isn't Zig a good teacher? He gave us several closes in this podcast that we can adapt to our sales situation. Listen to it again and take careful notes so that we can sell more, more often. Let's use what we have learned this week. Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.